0: Alright, what's up everybody? Uh, this is Kev Hempel with the Digital Legacy Podcast and I'm sitting here today with uh, an awesome person, an awesome mentor, and somebody that I definitely look up to. Uh, his name is Dennis. Dennis, how do you say your last name?
1: Well, I always tell everybody if you ask my grandma, my great grandma, it's Dumont. Dennis Dumont, because we're French and Italian. If you ask uh, me and my dad and those of us who have been in California too long, it's Dumas.
0: Nice, nice. So Dennis is a proud father, a lucky husband, and deeply committed to making the world a healthier place. His Facebook page, if you look him up, uh, says he is also the CEO of DFIT Enterprise, and he simply works at Omni Fight Club. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about why you just simply work there.
1: Um, you know what? The, the, for me, the title at, of Omni, the, all the different titles and stuff. We we were asked way back in the beginning what our titles were gonna be and we played around with that and it all just felt kinda stupid. I think that in the the fitness industry, when you're down in the trenches and on the ground with everybody, we're all just working to get to where we wanna be and, and it's a lot of work. Um and I don't think anybody, you know, if you're a coach, you're a coach. And that's that's what we are at heart, that's what I am at heart, and the coach and an instructor and a teacher. And so yeah, we just worked that on. You know, when you get up to the bigger level stuff and to managing other people's businesses, and then the the title becomes important because it's how people associate your skill set. And when you're in fitness, if you're a coach, that's all you need to know. So Mm. that's why. Yeah. Uh, How did we end up here? (laughs) Um, You know what? So for me. I have a um, my natural instincts. You know, I always, I, I did it with you guys in the Dream Big group. I ask everybody, what's your unfair advantage? And I let everyone scramble around, you know, their, all these different personality traits and things that they try to put on themselves and all this different identity they try to tag themselves with and things they were good at. And I let it ride. I think I let it ride for like two days. Yeah. And, which is probably a little too long, but I let it ride a little bit. And then I just, yeah, I posted and let everyone know your unfair advantage is your past. And everyone was like, oh, shit. And it's the only unfair advantage you can really have because you can say my unfair advantage is I work hard but I can say well fuck that I work harder than you so my advantage is better than yours and we can never really measure that. You can say I'm really dedicated well so am I. So where do we stand on that? You know I'm passionate so am I. But you can say it's my past and I can't really say anything about that because it's yours and it is uniquely yours and if you leverage it it's your advantage. If you don't, it's your disadvantage. But it is the one unfair thing that you can leverage, and it's unfair because no one else has it but you. You're uniquely you. I actually think I posted it today in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, I
1: did. See, it was a coincidence, right? Yeah. Um, if you believe in that kind of thing, but we, uh, you're uniquely you. You're the only one that's ever going to exist on this planet, and it's your unfair advantage. And I start with that. So we got here because my unfair advantage from leveraging my past is I have an ability to connect with a lot of different people, um, and I I've I I identified that a long time ago and have started to hone in on it, and for a long time now. And that comes from you know, my prison time, it comes from my time growing up in the neighborhoods I grew up in, it comes from being successful in multiple businesses, it comes from failing in a bunch of businesses, it comes from having a lot, losing a lot, Uh, being around all kinds of different people, different socioeconomic status, races, I've been around everybody, you know, been through violent times and been through really happy, peaceful times, and so every time I meet someone, I feel like I can find something they've gone through that I can find empathy in. I think I said this to the other day, I don't have a lot of sympathy, but filled full of empathy (laughs) yeah
0: that quote exactly is actually what got me into sobriety yeah see yeah so we were sitting here a couple weeks ago and uh Dennis and I had met and we were chatting about a bunch of things and um I had asked him what do you think I need and he was non-responsive and just totally like I don't even think he like heard the question or maybe he didn't didn't want to respond but uh as we started continuing to talk a couple minutes went by and then he literally looked at me and said uh yeah, I've got a lot of empathy for you, but I've got no sympathy. And and it hit. And so when I got into the car and I was driving into, into the office, I literally went, I have to stop drinking. Yeah, Because the drinking for me was the one thing that I felt was holding me, me back from that next level. And so then we started the journaling process and we were kind of continuing through that. And then it just came out one day and... Um, and I chose it, so I think I'm like 22 days or 23 days in now, which is freaking awesome. So it's been a, it's been a crazy month of October, but well, you, you tapped you it. You can
1: see it. You can see it in your body. You can see it in your energy. You can see it in everything in you. So it's it's definitely made a, a big impact. But you know the the quick finish to that question is that I saw something in you, and I've seen it for a while. I've been watching you with the digital legacy legacy stuff. I watched and looked back through your social media and stuff with your daughter. So I've been looking and watching for a while and I do that with everybody. Yeah. And then I try to find the right time to, to hone in and pull them in. And you know, your skill set is definitely not what identif what, what, what is your identity, you know, it's not what makes you who you are, but it's what puts you out there in, in the world. And so I thought, hey, now's the time because we're gonna do some social media stuff, he thrives in that arena. And you know, I know all your friends, you know, everybody speaks very highly of you, particularly Jody yeah. speaks very highly of you. So I was like, all right, now's the time, you know. and so yeah. being able to pull you in at a moment when I intended to do social media stuff with the Dream Big group, with all that stuff, I needed people that um, weren't in my circle yet to pull in their circles mm-hmm. and um, use that to build the group into a bunch of people that I didn't know. And it's what got the group to 300 people in, like, three days.
0: Yeah, I think it was even yeah. faster than that. Yeah. It kind of kind of happened. Yeah, and that's true. kind of a cool part of the story, uh, you know, since we're talking about Dream Big. This just kind of, it seemed like it magically happened. Because the week prior, I was meeting with certain people within our community that we all know of. And saying that just something felt like it was missing. But there was something in this Tri-Valley area that that needed to happen that was more than just being around each other physically and so i initially in conversation with others went to something digital but i just couldn't get my put my finger on it and then a week later all of a sudden the dream big thing happened you uh, created a open facebook page that was hashtag dream big and then within I don't, I don't even think it was three days i think it was like 24 to 48 hours there were 200 something people and then it just maxed from there and so why don't you talk about why that started and what you've seen with that?
1: Um, the Dream Big Group started because um, my career started in developing people, like ho- the whole, I don't want to say holistic because it leads you down the mindset down the wrong. Uh, Rabbit uh, hole? Yeah, yeah. It's not holistic in like I eat a lot of fucking green stuff, but holistic in like involving everything. Sure. So the my approach in the beginning was to mentor people on everything, lifestyle, relationship, business, fitness, all of it. And then fitness blew up for me, so I just focused on that for a while. Um, I launched a program that had a, a mentorship component to it, but it was a subset to the fitness component. And then um, you know, we've been talking about getting back into that for a while, but we're, you know, we have so much going on. The business is exploding all over the place, and so how do you find the time to do that? The only way to do that is digitally, and with some, some personal supplement stuff to it. Then Anna posted some stuff and was like, "Man, I need a challenge. I need a challenge for myself. That's just bigger than fitness." And we've been sitting on it for a while. So I told her, "All right, I got, I got something for you." And so I leveraged back into you know our our uh, our ammo box and pulled out all of our tools and just the, the most powerful one that I've ever created or been a part of has been the journal read it and listen to it. And if you can get people to do it even just once or twice in thirty days, it's extremely powerful.
0: Yeah, so. that's where that's where the that I call that an actionable process where we you allowed us to become or made us become practitioners. Like mm-hmm. you can talk a lot of stuff, you can do a lot of shit, but unless you're actively doing it, then it's not gonna work. And you started with journal for the next thirty days and Then specifically, once you journal, then record it and then listen to it all day. I actually, in all honesty, stepped out of that listening to it all day. Mm -hmm. But what I created was the journaling and then I started creating and then I posted, which I spend time on social. So then I get to hear it and see it all day long. So it totally, it absolutely works. And people fought it in the beginning. They fought it really hard. And there's still people probably listening right now that are fighting it, but... I can promise you if you do it, like it works. Well, the
1: idea is that no one's going to do it. I know no one's going to do it for 30 days. No. Like The idea is that you're going to pull apart what works for you. And, and whether it's 15 minutes once this month that worked for you, then that doesn't fucking matter. That's great. But, but you know, the, Anna posted two days ago that her takeaway from the group was to become a practitioner and less of thinking. Home run, done. You know, and cash it in. That's all you know. That's all I was looking for. And you, you nailed the head on it. For me, taking people out of their, um, you know, not entirely, but to get them to step out for a moment from all of the thinking, all of the emotions, all of the philosophy, all of the ideas, and fucking do something with it is when things happen. Like we can find all the clarity in the world. But that shit's only useful if you're still in the temple. You know what I mean? Like, you're still, you gotta be you know, in, hanging out with the monks still for clarity to be completely useful in that moment. Once you get out of the temple, you gotta start doing shit. Hmm. You know, and that, that's what I, that's where I see everyone struggle is they, they're emotionally, they, they think their structure is on point, but you really don't know until you implement something and then it's impacted by an outside force that you can't control. And when that outside force impacts it, then your emotional structure is really tested. All of the ideas can't be tested until they're implemented so it's a waste of fucking time to keep thinking without action and for me that's what this was all about and I've I've connected rekindled connections through this I've connected with new people through this and every single time everybody should start to see a trend all I keep doing is asking for action so we had a friend who who lost somebody close to her in the middle of all of this and I connected with her privately And everything was about just do these two things for me today and then see how that feels. And then do two more of these things and tell me how that feels. And sometimes it's not just about physically doing the action, sometimes writing about doing the action starts to make you feel more confident in actually doing it because it removes a lot of the intimidation. Mm. So, yeah man, the practitioner side of it, keep it real, you know, keep it real and be practical be real with yourself, self-awareness, like all those key things is what this group was all about.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can tell I'm a, I've been actually meeting with a bunch of people, I was talking to you earlier, earlier about the podcast and I've had a lot of people from that group actually reach out by some of the posts that I put on there and I was originally putting them on there because I wasn't seeing enough, you know, the word's getting overused for me within 30 days, but vulnerability I wasn't seeing enough of that. And I was recognizing that you were asking us to do stuff and post things, but um, what I normally do in life is just be as authentic and as vulnerable as I can and then put it out there. Um, for me, one, because you know, it's just what I do, but also for to allow others to see that they are allowed to put stuff out there and they're in a safe place. And what that hap- what happened with that was people started friending me, wanting to know who I was, and then, then they're asking to be on the podcast or I'm asking them to be here on audio and some of the stories that I've heard from people that are in that group are fucking amazing absolutely I knew, amazing I was like holy shit what's happening right now
1: <laughs> I knew going into the group right that and pulling you into the group that that's what was going to happen that you were going to you were going to take the lead that you were going to connect with these people that you were going to have every energy and desire to to want to hear their stories and want to be a part of that so that you know, that wasn't by chance. That was but that was from having watched you do stuff. And on the vulnerability side, you know, you've been through challenges that most of us with kids can never imagine going through. And so there's a lot of strength that comes out of that. And like I said, I went back and watched it all and, and listened to a lot of it and you know, so I get it and we've had some pretty bad stuff happen to us and so I knew I needed somebody who could do that. And then not only could but would. You know, there's a lot of people who can them but right. but fucking sit on their hands all the time. Yeah, oh. And having watched the stuff that you've done, I knew you wouldn't. And so that, when people needed someone to reach out to, it's easy to find you because you're leading by example in the group. And so they feel comfortable by saying, hey, you know what? I could probably ask him something. Yeah. Oh. So yeah that, so
0: that's pretty cool. It's so what's awesome. our next step? So we're on uh, October 31st. Yeah. holy shit yeah, it, <laughs> I wrote a post this morning and I ended up having to, to to delete it because there was a virus in it but really the component that I put on that post was that like um I watched the Facebook dream big page and went man we've like we've gotten rid of people we've not intentionally but people have just dropped off uh other people in their real lives have have removed the negative people in their lives uh there's stories that are saying like I stood up to my boss at work and yeah. I've done this and changed my life in there and like everybody's egging on there. We love um, you, hope Yeah, there's so- yeah. there's sobriety that's here. There's there's people that are like stepping up going like, I'm done with my ex, I'm doing this and that like there's so many different stories that are there. And October was cool, but something that I had posted uh, for the video was
1: it's just the the new beginning of of a, of a bigger life. And so what happens in December? So you can tell right now just by you mentioning a couple of the stories that I know everyone you're talking about, right? I've been reading everything, I see everything, I listen to everything, I comment on a lot of things. Um, And so for me, I told you this in the beginning, is that we would get toward the end of October, beginning of November, the group would shrink itself, um, it's why I did the roll call thing a couple of times so I could keep the people engaged and understand, you know, that you don't have to be posting stuff and sharing stuff to be engaged. This is
0: very intentional, Dennis.
1: Ah, yeah. It's my favorite <laughs> word. My favorite word. Nothing is by chance, man. You know, if, if you're doing it right, it shouldn't be anyway. So... In November, my, idea, my my plan is to shrink the group. It's to take the people who are participating and or watching, identify as many of them as I can. And I'm going to shrink the group and we're going to get a little more focused. If you watched when I made the group private, they've exploded with personal shares and stories. Right. Yep, I recognize and that. that's going to happen again when we shrink the group because I know that a lot of people who want to share, are like, man, there's a lot of people in this group that aren't even participating, so why would I share with them? Um, but it's important to know for those people who want to share in the group that... Just because they ain't saying nothing, they probably need your share more than anyone else because they haven't said anything yet. So if you're willing to share, you need to because it's going to inspire those other people to step out and say something. So we'll shrink the group, and then I have some exercises I'm gonna roll out that that I think are really good for everybody. Uh, we have the nutrition talk next week. Mm-hmm. What day
0: is that? Do you
1: know? Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday. I have um. I'm so just to give you an idea of how important this is to me. This this particular nutrition talk. fly to Austin on Monday I come back home on Tuesday then I fly back to Washington on Thursday and then home on Friday so it would have been a lot easier to fly straight from Austin to Washington but I won't miss this talk Mm -hmm. so we flew back to town just for this talk so it's important to me so I want everyone to know that and I want them to fucking be there because this is one of those game-changing talks this is one of those things where um, emotion and and Intuition meets science. Mm. You know, the science is gonna come out, and then you can't fucking deny it. <laughs> you can't. You can't say it's it's personal because it's not. Yeah. You know It's yeah. a. It's X and Y equals Z, and it's fucking A B C and one two three, and you can't fucking change it. It is what it is. All the things, all the excuses you've been making, you're gonna get called on them. You know, the food that you put in your mouth causes a reaction, it's a chem- there's a chemical reaction that happens throughout your body, and it 100%. happens the same fucking way for almost every single person on the planet, unless you're otherwise infected by a disease or a disorder or an allergy. It's happening to everybody. So the fact that you use it as an excuse to fuck things up is only because you chose to, not because you have some sort of fucking problem. Mm. And so we're gonna lay into that. And I think when people start to realize that it's all, you know, it's all possible, and it's on them it's empowering yeah if it happens in a big group that's even more empowering cuz i you know one light bulb coming on in the room isn't isn't that big but right. when they keep coming on and when you look to your left and you look to your right and you see more light bulbs and more light bulbs that shit starts to shine so people are going to be people are going to be empowered by it. and i'm excited for it i hope i hope that everyone says they're coming comes i hope more people show up because this is honestly for me where we're going to the rubber meets the road where the science removes the excuses
0: yeah Uh, So so we're talking about like Omni Fight Club, right? And the hashtag Dream Big Facebook group. And I keep – my brain keeps going back to the fact that it's not just fitness and I hear – and it's not just a gym. And I hear from a a lot of people out in the world that, you know, um, they've been in the fitness industry before and they get going to the gym and yada, yada, yada. And I actually myself and my wife are members at another gym that we ha- haven't been to in like five years, but we ended up signing up for Omni Fight Club, and so what keeps going around in my head is that there's a deeper picture and a larger story in in the psychology of people that will sign up for a gym. They will go into the gym, they rally, they get themselves in there, but over time, if they're not paying attention to who they're who they're with, right, the top five people what they're watching on social, what they're eating in their food, where their mindset is, if they're not just entirely changing over time, the, the newness of going to a gym wears off. And I just keep going back in my head to the fact that you recognize that. And that's what's making this whole experience different than joining any other gym.
1: The thing, look, the thing that is interesting is everybody, uh, it's from the beginning, right? Came in, I was coaching all the classes, I was running everything, um, social classes, social classes, social classes for 17, 18 hours a day in the beginning. And then the I told everybody in the very beginning too, I've always been very honest with everyone, and I told them, I said, this is just the beginning. I'm gonna go open a bunch of more clubs. A bunch. And they're like, okay, okay, no one really listened. But then the time came for me to put other people in place at the club, right? And they're like, oh the it's not going to work. Everyone's here because of you. That's flattering, but it's not true. Everybody's here, and I'm going to explain why in a minute, but everyone's here for the system, and I'll explain the system in a second. The coaches are a, like the icing on the cake to the system. right? They are the, they are the ones who express the system. If we do our job correctly, we find coaches who add into that some personal experience, story, and empathy to be able to connect with the members, but the system is what's driving the people So we plug people in, they do great. Some of them don't, they move on. We plug new people in, but we always try to find the right people. Nick is a great example of that, right? Nick's a young kid. He's based out of the Livermore Livermore Club. So Nick's a young kid who, our demographic is 35 to 45 year old women. Nick's like a 30 year old circus performer. (laughs) So where's the connection, right? And,
0: and what did he say every morning? Welcome, humans.
1: Yeah, you know, people don't get it. He's got a bunch of cliches that the adults are afraid to laugh at because they're too full of themselves to have fun with something silly. Right. And I recognize that in Nick right out of the gate. Nick will stand in front of a group of adults and be stupid, goofy, and funny, and for most of them, it's making them extremely fucking uncomfortable because they're too full of themselves or scared of themselves to laugh at his joke. I sit there and I watch it happen, it's fucking sad. <laughs> but he, you know, what he's done, through being Nick, People are laughing at those jokes that didn't laugh at him a while back because they're more comfortable with being silly, goofy, funny, and just being in the moment. And Nick has broken through that with people. So a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't realize that. But I do, and I watch it, and it's happening regularly. The other thing that Nick has, Nick has life struggle. Nick lost his mom. He connects with people through that. And we saw that, and we talked about that, and we knew he would be able to connect with people. So there's gotta be this connection, and this empathy, and this human at the top but below that, there's a group of humans, including myself, who created a system. That system is derived from 10 years of fitness experience in over 150 different clubs around the country and around the world, and you know 15 different brands, lots of lots of dumb shit that we did, and lots of great shit that we did. And the system puts people in groups to encourage one another every single day, and they work through those groups. The they're, I'm telling you, it boils down to the you heard you said it earlier being a practitioner it boils all the way down to the sound and the volume and the music you know it goes up it goes down that's intentional it's on purpose I get to talk to you connect with you and admire you between rounds because the music is quiet right 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 during the round I get to just watch you and and think man I'm going to move like that or I shouldn't move like that or after class I'm going to tell them this or do that and we're connecting and sweating together but the music is loud so I get to be with my own head and do my own thing and it comes down and I start to connect with people again. So there's a cycle of um, connection that happens in every single class. People get to work out with their friends and their groups. We try to get them to mix it up as much as we can. We're not always successful at that. But that's, that's where the bond is. It's why people keep coming back. There's an accountability from member to member, person to person, friend to friend thing that i like to do every once in a while i wish i could do it more often is to stand in front of the room especially in the livermore club um, it's been around the longest and just ask everybody how many of you standing here raise your hand or standing next to someone you met here who's now a family friend and attends your kids birthday parties and everybody raises their hand yeah everybody in the room and that's powerful that's why it is what it is it's it's nothing to do with me it's nothing to do with the coaches it's nothing to do with that it's to do with the fact that we've bonded these people together, it's due to, due to the fact that we regularly bring them together outside of the gym. We create a community. And, you know, some people in my position would be afraid to share all of that because I they think they're giving away the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, go do it. Like, go do it, you know? Right. On that note, you know, it's important for me to share this, like, stepping out of the local scene and the local clubs. Right. some people are you know, mad at me for that and they're like oh well, he's going to do these bigger things and they think it's about money and they think it's about these other things and to those people I would just like to say that's the most selfish fucking thing I've ever heard they're so excited about the community they have don't you want the next community to have that yeah. don't you want the world to have that so to all those people who are like oh he's in it for this he's in it for that fuck yeah I'm about to go make a bunch of money and, and as we should but we're growing communities in every place we go we're providing impact in every place we go. We're doing huge charity work every place we go. So I know everyone's so personal and connected to their individual club, but, man, we're trying to do this across the world and provide that impact. That's what it's about for me. Right. And, you know, you're not allowed or able to do that unless you get paid for it. And so, you know, we got to go get paid for it too. But, man, how selfish is it to say, no, I, I, it's, they should only stay here. Just stay in my community. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) It is, right? Yeah. Uh, If if you were sitting in this room right now, it it was pretty powerful. There was a lot of energy, but all of a sudden he just got in and everything dropped. Veil went down, and he just laid it out and basically (laughs) said, "Like, what the fuck are you thinking?" So, uh, yeah, if you're feeling that way, what are you thinking? It's not fair. It's not. It's not. It's not fair. And. Yeah, it's not fair. So you just dropped into uh, your your business business hat and your personality. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that on like what the concept is and where what 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 others that are listening can do as far as doing what you're doing within the business itself.
1: You know what the fitness business is um, filled with people who don't know how to do business, but want to share their stories, their passion, their energy, and their idea, and that that's a tricky position to be in because um, it lends to wanting this instant gratification of touching a bunch of people's lives real quick a couple of years ago I shared a post uh, that I stole from somebody else that uh, said no matter no matter how big your audience is keep playing and it's a little kid with a flute on the doorstep with a cat watching him just one cat he's just playing the flute for the cat and, to me, that's the my biggest lesson to every person who's starting the fitness industry. No matter how big your audience is, just keep doing it. And they will come. If you're doing it from your heart, you're doing it with passion, they will come. If it's one class, one person today, build it that way. Don't fall into the um, gimmicky, misleading, untrustworthy marketing schemes and promises that are unreal and unrealistic and unhealthy. Just really, I think it just boils down to work ethic. It just boils down to, I'm willing to come in for longer hours, more often, when there's no paycheck involved, to build something that will pay me and my family forever. And right now, in, the, in our industry, that's the biggest thing that needs to be communicated, is that it's fucking hard. It's a tremendous amount of hours put in and work put in. But the people who want it aren't being taught that it's an investment. They're being, you know, they're being told that they can get fast responses and fast engagement and fast money, and it's just not true. Yeah. So the the thing I would teach everyone is, man, just just boil it down to day by day work, energy, effort from a sincere and passionate heart that is about the people, and people will gravitate toward that. And it might be ten thousand people, it might be hundred people, but either way, it will grow. And yeah, that's the biggest thing for me, man. Keep it real. Be who you are. Teach how you, how you know is good and healthy and, and um, connect with people. That's it. That's what this industry really boils down to. If you scale up from that, you know, I just did a, an hour and a half leadership talk in Chicago and about the fitness industry specifically, and we talked about uh, culture. We talked about, you know, sales. We talked about retention. We talk about scalability. We talk about all those things, but... You don't get to get to that until you put in all this energy time and effort from the ground level
0: right because it's things that you learn along the way by doing other things and then it kind of just builds up from there
1: yeah I would recommend you know and I tell everybody this you know um, Carlo just walked in the room so yeah I,
0: what's up Carlos
1: Carlo knows I tell everybody this you know you you need to either be super um, you got to have some sort of skill set in every position that's going to be within your business. Mm, yeah,
0: right? all the way down to ordering toilet paper.
1: Everything. <laughs> like you have got to know how to do it all. And because if you don't, you'll be taken advantage of it on some level at some point from somebody. Right. And so if you have the if you're putting in the ground level work, then you know what it takes to build it. So no one will be ever ever be able to come in underneath you that works for you, and not perform at the level that you know they should because you've done it. Right. And so that part's really, really important. So when you, when you think about scalability, you gotta be able to really um, understand each position, but flip that on its head, you also have to be able to have empathy for the person who's ordering the toilet paper and, and know that it's what that takes and how that feels. Right. That'll make you the, the leader that you need to be to be able to scale. So you not only do you learn the task and learn the process and learn the skill, but you build empathy in the, for the people who are gonna do it for you later so that you can be a better leader for them.
0: So. To go deeper on that one, um, lots of people start a business and they call themselves entrepreneurs and, you know, the, the cool process, which I fucking hate. But
1: I'm going to erase that shit. It's on one of my profiles.
0: Is it? it? I, it right I actually didn't see it anywhere, but uh, it, I think I'm going to go search and is. find it. I
1: think
0: you know, I'm going to erase that shit before you find I'm it. I'm going to screenshot it. Yeah. I'll screenshot it. Uh, we all did it, though. We all did it. It's but uh, I think it's amazing that people want to start a business and go through the process. But um, something we've been talking a lot on the podcast about that is that it's not fucking easy it's not easy to own a business have a business and go through the process but back to getting uh into doing everything that you're supposed to do to kind of build your business and build your company at what point do you as an as an owner or a ceo go i no longer can do that work anymore and i have to either hire somebody to do it within my team or hire out when it's in the budget just keep it real
1: when it's in the budget
0: And so until it's in a budget, you just got to do it.
1: You do. Or you got to, you know, some people look at family and friends investing, right? Everyone talks about that in the beginning of your company. Go to your family and friends. Right, right. I raised money in Silicon Valley for other projects, and man, I got my ass handed to me where I thought I was going to walk into... You know, somebody who I know really well and they're a VC firm and be like, Hey, I need this, you know, 500,000 million bucks. And I thought they were going to give it to me. And they're like, You ain't ready. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, What? Well, we're friends. Like, <laughs> and they, they, they literally are like, Bounce. And I'm yeah. like, Fuck. And that happened to me like 12 times, you know. And I was like, Holy shit. I had to circle back and. What do you well, think
0: they've seen in, in it in a the lack process? Of focus.
1: I had no focus. I was just, I wanted to do everything. And so I wanted to, have, I had a lot of ideas and I wanted to implement them all into this one project, this one software project. And it was a great software. Yeah. It was really good, but it never got anywhere because we couldn't focus. We didn't understand a lot of the processes. But the um, lesson that I learned in that is that you can go to friends and family for other things than money. You know, my buddy's good at social. Bro, help me out on social. Right. My sister is, is a pretty good accountant. Hey, check it out. Can you help me out on that? So, you need to, the people need to be willing to bring in the resources that they can, as if the same thing they would ask for gas money when they were 16, you know? Like, you got to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you, if you pull in your resources that way, then you have trustworthy people that are helping you grow your business. They're willing to put in a little bit of time that ain't going to cost you. And they're probably willing to put in time and energy for next to nothing. You know, and they're probably willing to help teach you as they go. So there's a bunch of different ways to do that. And then, when it's time to hand that off to someone you can't afford to pay, is being handed off by another trustworthy source. That would be one way to do it. The other way to do it is to uh, read and learn the very basics of each one of those positions, so that you can continue to do it yourself at a high level. Um, Super important. But I, yeah, you got to do it. I mean, you got to. I. I have a little bit of an advantage over a lot of people starting out in business because of my my family's history of being in their own businesses. So, right.
0: So you learned as you were coming up, anyways.
1: Yeah, like my I took it in. You know, my dad dropped out of school early in in ninth grade and went to work because he already had two kids, so it's time to go to work. You know, right, what I mean? right. Yeah. And so, or he's about to have two kids, so he had to go to work, and he's just worked and worked and worked, and through the process learned how to be a businessman. And you know, you watch a guy who, who has no formal education whatsoever outside of his trade, just be able to close business deals and do good things uh, based on, on experience. Mm-hmm. And so, for me personally, experience is gold. It's everything. And So even if it's not going to be a skill that you master, because I know what everyone says, like focus on your strengths, bring other people in to do, right, your, right. To do the things that you're not good at. Yeah, that's a great fucking luxury when, when you can afford it, but if I'm you know, still running around from park to park, or, to training people in their houses out of the trunk of my car, I can't exactly go hire someone to manage my social media. Right, right. You know, so you gotta, do. I think from then too, well, no, I know I'm kinda jumping all over here, so, but yeah. the other thing that's important to that is to know the things that are critical to your business.
0: That's what I was gonna get at, is, is you them. have to have that level of yeah. what's super important right now, like what's going to, what can I do right now to maximize my, my process so that I can actually put food on the table yep. is top priority make sure things are paid, make sure that gets squared away. And then what else can I put at the bottom of that list to, to just get to when I get to? And a lot of what you're talking about is a barter system. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, you know, running your business, doing your business, whether it's big or small, whether you're going to scale it to a large concept or just keep it, you know, a hometown community thing, or you're a, a sole proprietor of a <laughs> business, because <laughs> that's what yeah. like 99.9% of us are so is, it, right is that. Um, it's a barter system and so you do things for free for others so that they can do them for you because that's their skill and that's their ability yep it's exactly what we're talking about
1: yeah we did it we did it in all of our um in all of our gyms that i've ever owned like so my first studio that i opened there was a guy there named jeremy tillman who's kind of like a, a pivotal figure in my life but he um would come into the gym and i'd be like dude You could have a free membership, just tell me to do this, this, and this. And, you know, we did that for a lot of people. I had a couple of people who taught me how to do, you know, all the most pivotal things. He's actually the guy who got me into doing group training. Wow. Okay. He he was like, he's like, this is great. I'm having fun training with you. He's like, but I like to do this shit with my friends. I'm Hmm. like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Turns out it was a pretty good idea, you know, and so he brought in a couple friends and he because of him We expanded our first gym and did a bunch of stuff put showers and stuff in it and Started really kind of growing into to who we are today from that very first step, Mm -hmm. you know I think you know not again. I'm jumping around a little bit, but I have a really um, it's really important to me and I've shared this with you guys that people Don't just look back at their life and try to learn from like, you know, they think mostly about the negative stuff it's super important to me, you saw, you've heard me say it, that, that you can't let go of your past and you embrace that shit and right. leverage it and empower it. I hate when people are like, you need to just forget about it, don't look back, I hate that. Yeah. Some of my favorite people on social media today that are mentors say that and it pisses me off because you don't want to forget about it. If you forget about it, that's just gonna happen again mm-hmm. and on some level. Mm-hmm. And what I think people lack is the, the, um, the effort to go back and realize the cool shit they did. Right, right, give yourself all this magnificent credit for the cool shit you did, yeah, that day that you you had a pivotal moment in your career. you should relive that regularly, you should talk yourself through it, you don 't have to boast about it or put it all out there, but you could definitely relive it. I think sharing it with other people those pivotal moments is a good thing to do i don 't think it 's you know at all egotistical or boasting, I think it 's actually helping them. See and hear and learn about like pivotal moments that you had, so they right. can recognize them when they come for them, right, so like sharing that with you, you know I think about it all the time, and I can recall quickly the pivotal moments in my career because I've always looked back and thought through them
0: right and that 's a part of telling your story that's important for me, like with the digital legacy and everything that's there. like I originally started it because of a lot of my past and a lot of things that I was concerned about that would potentially disappear from this reality of who we are. And then all of a sudden I started recognizing that as I was telling the story more and more and more, I, wasn't getting a, I was not getting an emotional disconnection from the story and from my past, but I wasn't making it any less, um, I guess I could use the word pivotal as well. And so now when I tell the story, my, at least my background story, it's entirely different and it's, it's used as a way to just allow people to connect with each other. And then, from there, I get to hear their story so no that's a yeah. great point that's cool man. the more
1: hmm. The more you reflect, share, absorb, learn from it, and share it, the better you become at telling it, which means that the more impactful it can be for people. you learn the right things to say from your story to the right person, yeah,
0: Not yeah, the reactions you get, the different reactions like the, the, when I started i so I on the Livermore food tour, and uh when I started. Uh, doing the tours, getting back to practicing, I was like, I want to be the one to run the tours. I want to know what happens with it so when we do hire somebody else, we've got it under control. And one of the things that I do in the beginning is I actually have everybody kind of go around and tell me where they're from and what type of food they like and what type of wine they like to drink. But something that I started doing was actually telling a part of my story. In the beginning, I was recognizing how I was telling the story wasn't exactly connecting until I got to that I came to California in 2003 from New Hampshire by flipping a fucking quarter. Right. And I said, heads California, tails Florida. And I lock it in on my hand. And everybody says, like, so what happened? It was California.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? The concept yeah. and telling the story locks it all back in. So that's cool. That's important.
1: It, it makes, you know, we sat in a meeting yesterday with a group of our managers and um, sharing, like, direction and ideas and, you know, all this stuff that's happening and I can just look across that small group of people and see that what I'm saying with is like hit home with this person the other person's like right you know and so just in that simple example like you really have to hone in on on how to share and it really it's a skill because standing in front of a run room and being able to identify which parts are going to be impactful for them knowing your audience all of that is something that's critical in being able to share that right 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 well awesome
0: well I really uh enjoy the opportunity we have sitting here and chatting with you and want to open up the floor to anything that you want to leave out there um whether there's one person listening to it or you know a couple hundred thousand who knows but you have an opportunity to say what you want
1: man i could go on for quite a while but you know i think right now the biggest thing for me to share is you know, we're at a point in our lives where we have, I got three kids now, never thought that that would happen. <laughs> um, yeah, one year old, a three year old, a, a seven year old, so that that's a lot of stuff going on in life. Um, and then I got, you know, our local businesses that we developed, we have a, a very quickly, very, very, very high-paced growing corporate side of our business, uh, growing into impact different communities and different people, uh, have more responsibility to people and for people than I've ever had, um, both in leadership and in finance and all of it, right, it's kinda of coming all together. So I, what I would probably wanna share with everybody is that you, you put it together piece by piece as you're going, the life that you want, and as it starts to happen, it's really important to step back for a minute, absorb it, realize that it's happening, categorize it, compartmentalize it, and own it all so that the, whatever happens tomorrow, you're prepared for. It. Um, so that you're not overwhelmed. So that you're not disorganized. So that you can see opportunity as opportunity. So that you can see challenges as opportunity. And so that you you're prepared. You know, for me, I yesterday was a tough day, a long, long, long day of interviews and talking to people. But at the end of the day, I went home and I told Amanda everything that we did, and she was like, "Why was that tough?" <laughs> For real
0: though, she, like, she didn't look at you and say, "I've got a lot of empathy but no fucking sympathy for you." She should
1: have. She should have. You know, she was just like, "That sounds like a great day." Yeah. You know, it sounds like a day that you, you touched a lot of people's lives, gave them stuff that they really want, it's offered opportunity for lots of new people. And I was like, "What the fuck ever?" <laughs> you know what I mean? But she's right. It was a long day, but it wasn't a hard day. Right. And, and I think um, what I would encourage everyone to do is to do everything in their power to improve their perspective through learning and listening to others with an open and unjudgmental heart so that they can really feel their perspective and their lessons from their life and implement those and you can't do that if you're judgmental and you can't do that if you shut off because you know so and so did something that was like wow you gotta absorb it, you gotta listen to it, you gotta not judge it. Because then you can flip it and use it for your own perspective, your own context. Right. And your own life lessons. And I that to me, if if people start to do that more, that kind of unjudgmental, open hearted listening to others, their perspective will be strengthened. The context in dealing with a particular situation will be more clear. It can be more practical. And at the end of the day, you know, self awareness is the key all the way around. So Awesome. That would be it for me, man. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks for the opportunity. And uh, I usually ask where people can find you, but you're a super busy guy and your team's super busy, so I'm just going to say Google him.
1: Just <laughs> Google
0: him. Yeah. You'll figure it out. The dude does a bunch of stuff on social. And so uh, if, uh, if you can't find him or the company or any other team members that are involved with, by just simply Googling, then there's a bigger issue behind that. So yeah. go you get, search for it.
1: You're spelling Google wrong.
0: which is highly possible all right everybody have a great day thanks kevin